Before we get started with today's show, I just want to give a shout out to some lovely folks who have gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to support Tales from the Backlog. These lovely people are Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zolgeek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, aka Stormageddon, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, and many more. Once again, that address was patreon.com slash realdavejackson. It is a lovely way to show support to your favorite long-winded podcaster named Dave. And all patrons of the show will get lots of bonus goodies, such as voting on polls for games to appear on the show, some bonus episodes, and as always, my undying love and respect. And with that, on to the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where most of the time I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. However, today, that's not what we're doing. I'm joined by two wonderful guests to talk about game remakes. They are friends of the show, two-thirds of the Offshore Games cast. Back and better than ever, Dylan and Dave. Welcome to the show, guys. What's Thank going you. on? Thank you Hello. so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to get you guys on the show. Uh, we've, you know, we've been interacting back and forth basically ever since I started this show, and it's uh, it's a long time coming. So um, it's good to finally meet you two face-to-face, as it were, and uh, have you on the show. Today we're going to talk about remakes, like I said, but before we get into that, I do want to give you the customary time at the beginning of the episode to talk about Offshore Games Cast, which is a kick-ass name for a podcast. Super, <laughs> uh, super memorable. As soon as I saw it the first time, I was like, fuck, that's good. Uh, <laughs> so so what's going on over there? Oh, man. it's I, I like that you mentioned that because it's I it's always one of the funniest things of how long it takes to create a name. Yeah. So yeah. just just weeks worth, just weeks worth. But like, I'm I'm glad that it sticks. It and does. to which... If, if it does, what's going on, guys? Uh, welcome <laughs> back uh, to not the Offshore Games cast, uh, but we're the Offshore Games cast. I'm Dave. I'm Dylan. And today uh, we're happily joined uh, to talk about some fun remakes and a whole bunch of cool stuff in video games. And we just, I don't know, I, I just like getting together. Getting together is fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, our, our show is kind of similar to yours, except you, you kind of pull from the backlog, right? We yeah. are... We're on top of it. You give us a couple weeks after a game comes out, we're we have our episode up. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it's a crunch, but we do it to ourselves happily. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, like you said, this my show focuses on stuff that's out of the backlog, and maybe I'll cover like five to ten new games a year, just whatever I'm I'm buying at the time, or like if I'm you know, get a wild hair up my ass and request a code for something, then <laughs> and maybe I'll go for that. Uh, but you guys are always on the new releases. Uh, lately, I've I've seen stuff about Jedi Survivor. I remember your stuff about Dredge. Uh, Dredge is on my mind because that's the episode that's coming out in a few days on my show. Always on the new stuff and uh, putting out tons of content. It's a, you know, I listen to the podcast. I see the clips on social media all the time um, of the three of you. So uh, it's it's a show that I, I really enjoy listening to, and I appreciate everyone who's on top of the new releases because it's just a it's a thing that I can't I can't handle. Even the um, yeah, even even like um, 
like Dredge, I played that during the review period, during the embargo period. And then I re- recorded my podcast not long after, and it's coming out two months later uh, because of my <laughs> recording schedule. So no, guys, it could be tough for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I respect it. I respect the hustle. Thank you. Sure. It does help. We have, <laughs> so we do have a third member of the show, Lyle, who time zones makes it kind of impossible to, to do stuff together. Yeah. But uh, each of us kind of trading off games every week, each, you know, it makes it a lot more manageable, mm-hmm, but yeah. Yeah, keeping up with new releases is impossible, especially because now it's like a big one is coming out every week along with a couple cool indies. So it's yeah, it's tough. It's wild. It's honestly, I have resigned myself to just never being on top of the new release stuff. And even if I wanted to, it's overwhelming. So yeah, (laughs) it's it's hard, especially like when you're in this sort of space and something comes out. And I don't know, like, obviously, your backlog, I, I have. However much that I'm, I don't want it looking at me. I have too much and that's not even all of it or whatever. But for me, when you're not into a new release, when it comes out in like the first couple of days or a week, it's almost like you kind of miss out on it. Like it kind of passes like for me personally, it kind of like, do I even want to play that anymore? It's like, like I miss out on Ragnarok for a week. It's like, do I even want that? Like, of course I do. Yeah. It's it's like, I want to be in it. Got to be there, but it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. So uh, again, I respect what you guys do. We'll do the uh, the plugs and stuff at the end of the show. But for now, I'll say the the preliminary recommendation for everyone to check out Offshore Games Cast for uh, all of that new stuff. You want to stay up on the new releases? That's the place to do it. Um, also, want to shout out your website, which uh, has become um, a great place, uh, especially for a lot of us indie podcasters around Game of the Year time. For us, uh, you you do a giant collaboration project among. Uh, podcasters, YouTubers, streamers, uh, people submitting their games of the year. And I, all of us who have participated, myself included, I really appreciate the chance to, um, to flex our writing muscles because it's not something I do very often. So that, it's always fun every year. Yeah, that's, it's a lot of work. But when you see the end, just all these awesome podcasts at one spot and all their collective thoughts on their favorite games of the year, that's, it's a reward in and of itself. I think it's crazy the fact that we started this and we, I mean, I consider us still indie pod. Like we're all in well, yeah, this game yeah, together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but even so, just how much we can all get together, how much we've all been able to spread our wings to meet so many people. And mm-hmm. all these props really go to Dylan. He's Mr. Website man getting everything done. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's that, that's the cool thing about podcasts. I know we're kind of getting away from video games in general here, but. That's the cool thing about podcasting is that, especially the smaller ones, it's never a competition. It's always just, we all just want to do this together. We all want to help each other. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, you know, I, I do this show by myself, but the good part of doing it by myself is that every single episode, I'm basically meeting someone new within our community and it's always awesome. So, um, I'm really excited to get into our topic today, which is talking about game remakes and, this got on my mind because, uh, you know, people have started to point out, hey, you know, look at the top Metacritic rankings for games of 2023. Resident Evil 4 Remake, Dead Space Remake, Metroid Prime Remaster, which is like almost a remake. Technically not, but it's a big glow up. There's a bunch of highly ranked remakes. More and more get announced. We just heard uh, this is, you know, it's going to sound weird when this episode comes out in two months, but like a couple <laughs> days ago or yesterday or whatever, we just heard Metal Gear Solid 3 remake is yep. coming. Uh, Alone in the Dark remake just got a demo that got put out. 
it's remake season where it's the industry has entered the remake arc or we're hitting like the stride of the remake arc. So I want to talk about like, what do we want from remakes and do we enjoy all of these remakes that are coming out? So I just want to kick it to you guys first. Like, what do you think about this current trend of basically all of your favorite games or games, even games that are not your favorites getting remade? I think in general, as a whole, it's a good thing because video games like you compare them to movies or something. Movies can come out, you know, in the 80s and still hold up great. Mm -hmm. But video games, especially certain eras of video games, don't hold up great and they're not accessible. It's mm -hmm. not easy to play a lot of them. It's, you need an old console or something or you need to run an emulator and it doesn't control the best. I think in general, bringing those old games to a more modern audience with better graphics, better controls is a good thing. I don't know if every game remake we get is necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think as a as a whole, it's a positive thing. I mean, I look at it as sort of like a pro. I look at everything as a pro and con list. You're you're getting the best of both. While I feel like this this year specifically is really glorifying how good we could have it. It's mm -hmm. also just could turn at any moment because we've <laughs> yeah. seen we've seen some really crazy stuff happen. But I, I feel like when it comes to certain titles or something, it really depends on either did it get enough recognition? Did it? Does it did it get so much recognition that it deserves more recognition, Skyrim? Did it um, <laughs> did it did it do this, do that? Cause at the same time, I can look at all these things and you can see the dead space in the Resident Evil and go, wow. I also look at it and go, wow, what a lot of wasted resources we could on doing brand new things. Or yep. it's like, if they don't, like say the dead space didn't hit. Wow, look at all that money that could have gone towards maybe four, five, six indie games that could have blown our minds. Yeah, um, it it always is an opportunity cost when a company like um, Naughty Dog decides to remake The Last of Us, which was already available on modern consoles. It's it's not that I'm opposed to updating the AI and the graphics and everything for The Last of Us. I'm not opposed to that. But what I part of me is also like I would love to see what Naughty Dog would make if they weren't doing this. So there is that opportunity cost. You're right. Um, I want to take it back to something Dylan just said there about making games more accessible to a newer audience who may not have a PlayStation 2 sitting around uh, with those games. Um, and I want to bring up the first of our community submissions for this episode from Mikey. Uh, from the Big Drink Energy podcast. Uh, Mikey says the only things that he wants from a remake are A, make it playable on a modern console, and two, because Mikey loves weird numbering systems, <laughs> if it has weird controls, adapt them to a modern style. Uh, perfect example, Metroid Prime. They modernize those controls for that Metroid Prime uh, remaster. And this is a good opportunity to talk about like a certain category of remakes that we have which are the basically what Mikey just said. All they're doing is making it accessible on a modern console, maybe updating controls, maybe some light quality of life. Stuff like the Shadow of the Colossus remake, the Demon's Souls remake, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, that remake that came out a couple years ago, um, Spyro, <laughs> uh, Link's Awakening, and that The Last of Us again, which is... <laughs> maybe the lowest on like the level of importance for bringing something to a modern yeah. console. Yeah. 
So how, how do you guys feel about these? These are basically just taking older games, giving them a touch up, you know, remaking them as it were. But the main goal of these is just to bring them to modern consoles and make them look like a modern game. I think that these are, well, first off, I want to say your episode on Shadow of the Colossus is awesome. So if anyone's oh, listening you. to this and hasn't listened to that, you should. Um, but I think those are great examples of bringing it to the modern audience. And we can kind of both talk about that. For me personally, I have played Shadow of the Colossus when I was young, but never like, maybe I was just too young at the time to like really get into it or to mm-hmm. understand it. That it's almost an excuse when that happens, when the remake comes out and you're like, well, I should play this. It, there's no reason not to. It's accessible. It's the best it's ever going to look right now. And I played through that whole thing and loved it. And that's probably something I would not have done if the remake hadn't come out. And Dave, I know you kind of have a similar thing with Tony Hawk. I mean, I, I was Tony Hawk, obviously, but I did want to jump in because if it was not for the remake of Shadow of the Colossus, I do not think I would have ever played it. Because mm-hmm. of the fact I grew up with the first thing that ever hit my hands was an original Game Boy, to which from there was pretty much only Nintendo up until I was like 13 to when I got a 360. So I did mm-hmm. not have the PS2. I did not have all the golden era games that I got to miss out on. So when Shadow of the Classics came out and even back then, like the scope is insane, but now, or at least back when it released, looking at that updated graphics and whatnot to really experience that world and also you can say from like a child aspect you you take a kid who's gonna like put down shadow the colossus there's where's where's the comprehension in like a 10 year old there's nothing there (laughs) they don't understand anything when i played this and i got to the ending and i was like oh my god i there's no as a kid i would have been like i don't get it and then move on to something else Mm -hmm. but I'm a big fan of narratives and just stuff like that. And so that way of getting to experience it because it was brought back, like I I feel so fulfilled in a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of these games on that, like that I listed there, Shadow of the Colossus, Demon's Souls. Let's see. Well, that's probably, those are the, those are the two big examples of games that like, I'm not going to buy a PS3 just so I can play Demon's Souls. I'm just not going to. And mm. As much as I love From Software, they're my favorite game developer, I'm still not going to buy a PS3 just for one of their games. So the fact that they, well, the fact that Bluepoint did the remake to bring it to PS5 means that I could finally play Demon's Souls and uh, really enjoy it. So like part of me when I'm playing something like Demon's Souls or like Shadow of the Colossus, I do wish that they had done a little bit more with it. But the fact that they did bring it to a modern console so that I could play it in the first place, that's the most important thing. I can have my nitpicks about, you know, the controls in Shadow of the Colossus are still weird as fuck. They're better than they were (laughs) on the PS2, (laughs) but um, they're still weird. And like, for as much as I wish they would update it, the most important thing is that they made it available. And uh, I want to read another uh, submission from Matt, aka Stormageddon, who's a patron. Thank you, Matt, from the Fun and Games podcast. Uh, they say the Link's Awakening remake is a um, a remake that is perfect in its own way. I had never played the original, and I loved this remake. For new players, I think it was a great way to jump into a classic that you never had access to. Uh, and also, the art style was so damn cute. So thank you, Matt. Um, 
Link's Awakening has since been made available on NSO, but I think when we first solicited submissions for this, and of course, when this remake was made, it wasn't available. It was one of those like, okay, like buy a Game Boy or never play Link's Awakening. Well, that's your choice until it came out on Switch. Uh, so uh, did did either of you play the Link's Awakening remake? No, I did I want not. to. I do remember though, I guess I kind of also brings an interesting point that art style i do i like that art style i remember yeah, all the cute. trailers and everything yeah. but it wasn't that kind of controversial for some people yeah because it's you know um uh, especially with a lot of the other remakes we talked about shadow of the colossus demon souls tony hawk they didn't change the art style they no. just made it modern right they made it more high fidelity basically uh the link's awakening they changed it and it's it's to that kind of chibi clay type art style that if you don't like that then yeah i i can understand why someone would be upset i'm upset <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and if you want to talk about upset let's just talk about shining pearl and brilliant diamond oh yeah yeah the uh the pokemon remakes are also good examples of this uh just bringing it to the new system not changing a whole lot right that's the problem that's the problem <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't change it and I wanted them to change it because, and I talk about this, you go to our show, I talk about this all the time because it fucking pisses me off. Can I curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go fucking ahead. pisses me off because, <laughs> look, you go to any of the goddamn Pokemon remakes. Granted, you have the original ones on Game Boy, fine. They're going to look like Game Boy games. But you mm-hmm. start getting up to the 3DS and you got Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, that's a goddamn different game. Holy shit. You got Sword and Shield coming out? Oh my god, look at what the Switch can do. It's it, we're we're here. We're getting time to the Gen 4 remakes. I'm mm-hmm. I'm the biggest Gen 4 fan. I can't wait. Oh my god, they did ex- they first off, they they <laughs> did a they did a blue point which they gave it off to someone else to do, which mm-hmm. blue point does a great job. ICLA, I think ILC whatever did it. Mhm. Ah, ah. <laughs> Even if it was Game Freak or Creatures like Vision to do something like that, God, it could have been amazing. I could, uh-huh. I like, I granted. Okay, here's here's where here's where they throw me up is because they do something like Legends Arceus, which is like the exact thing I wanted them to do, but they're doing the other thing. So it's like the best of both worlds. So it's like I'm I'm sitting on the fence and I'm kind of happy, but I'm mad about both sides. <laughs> yeah, it, I I get that. Like especially with Pokemon, because Pokemon is a is a world and a universe that has so much possibility in there mm-hmm. for like for magical shit. And I didn't buy the diamond and pearl remake. Cause I saw it and I was like, I know exactly what that is. And I don't, I could just go play the original. Like I'm not for, for something like those Pokemon games. When you get to that point and it's been because they're Pokemon games, you don't get a remake or something until like 10, 15 years later. Like yeah. you, you put in the time if you'd like one generation and when you are just expecting, you're seeing a pattern and then all of a sudden it just takes like an upturn and it's like, what are you doing? Why would mm-hmm. you do this to me? And <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But it, I mean, it, it, they, they, they still did the, the quality of life updates that you would expect because one of the biggest problems with Gen 4 is just how slow it was in general, the battles, yep. even some of like just the exploration. So that is something they fixed. It's just, I will say, I got I got real addicted to the underground again. You can't. It's it's kind of hard to mess up the underground. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that that kind of that's a little bit of the risk and reward when you're remaking some of these games, though, right? Like, because they're only doing it to 
big games or popular games at the time that well there are some smaller games that have been remade but for the mm-hmm. most part those are the ones that get the attention and wasn't there something similar like demon souls where so i never played any demon souls but didn't they change some of the designs of enemies or or like completely change the way they look and people were not happy about that they they made them more high fidelity so that you could actually see what was going on there's a couple of um enemies especially the the uh flame lurker which is a boss that i've seen the ps3 version it's just like it's a ps3 game and they didn't do a good good job of like you know designing it in a way where you can actually see what it is so then when you enter like the super high fidelity ps5 version of that suddenly you're like oh that's what that looks like and i guess people were upset because it's not what they had in their head or something but like it it's kind of just like a a blob of colors in the P- in the <laughs> PS3 game. So like there's no way to make that into a right. PS5, you know, graphical style. So <laughs> people did get upset, but you know, people are going to get upset. Uh, so those are those like one-to-one remakes. Those, I don't want to say we're doing the bare minimum as like a derogatory thing, but we're doing the bare minimum. We're, we're updating the controls. We're bringing it to the new console. That's about it. That's about all you're going to get. We did it again. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I personally, just to kind of wrap this, this part up, I personally, I'm fine with these because most of the games that they're doing this for are stuff that's like really old, not available. So again, your choice is don't play them or play the remake or go spend a shitload of money on retro games now, because God knows that's not an affordable thing to do anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I find it interesting. Just the general idea of remakes because depending on the type of product necessarily they're going to release it's it's almost kind of telling a background story that not everyone will be able to pick up on so you could look at something like the last of us that's pretty much just like what they wanted to do is it's almost like a director's cut in a way they wanted to put it on the same level as last of us 2 and just have Mm -hmm. it be like one cohesive thing and like that's that's almost just kind of its own thing like they they have last of us factions they're working on possibly last of us 3 but that's like its own thing a few years ago they came out with um red faction gorilla remastered and to which i am a it's a terrible name it's a terrible (laughs) name um, I'm a huge Red Faction fan, but that is a hundred percent one of those remakes specifically put out to be like, do you, do you guys still like this? Do you guys, mm-hmm. do, do you guys <laughs> want us to do more of this? And, and I'm over here like, yeah, because yeah, I want Red Faction. And then they mm-hmm. don't do anything and I'm waiting. I'm just, I'm waiting. Oof. That seems to kind yeah. of be the Tony Hawk thing too, right? It was almost like well, put it out there oh, and see if there's interest. Well, and obviously that's what happened that, there happened there. That's, that makes me so mad. That makes me like 10 times more mad than the Pokemon thing. <laughs> yeah, the the Tony Hawk thing um really reminded me when I when I booted that up. I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm too old to play Tony Hawk. I suck at this game." <laughs> <laughs> it's good. That was one of those that I never got into as a kid again, Golden Era, and when mm-hmm. I did, I was I was a skate guy. So skate okay. skate 2, 100% skate 3. Oh my god, I lost so much time. And I uh-huh. was like, Will I like this? Will I feel it? And for some reason, I hopped into it and that level of just arcadiness and just went out. I was like, oh my God, I'm addicted. Uh, a week later, I have 48 hours played. Yeah. And then you get, okay, here's, here's, here's a topic. You get, you get those people like me who, who missed out on the golden era, who didn't get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then you do something like this and, oh my God, Vicarious Visions, that was like a, 
Chef's Kiss. I never played the original, but I, they fucking put some icing on it and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then stupid old goddamn Blizzard has to walk in and think it's a good, good idea to be like, hey, we're going to buy these people. And we're like, okay, all right, we're going to give you a little bit more money. That's good. That's good. And in the background, they're going to just axe everything that they were making and make them a stupid support studio for the games that, that, that are coming out bad. And, and, and to find out later, to find out later that they were already working on three and four remake. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a it's a knife to the heart. I oh, I agree, so, oh, dude. God. I so I played Tony Hawk one, two, and three. I have on the N sixty four. I have my cartridges behind me on the shelf, and I loved them back then. And I booted like the remake up, and it captured all the magic and all the arcadey goodness of the originals. I was, I mean, I was a kid again those first couple days playing that remake until I was like, I can't beat the downhill jam challenges. What the fuck's mm-hmm. wrong with me? <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, let's, uh, let's move into the next kind of style of remake that I have written down here, which is the ones that are like taking the classic, they're remaking it. They're, they're modernizing it. They're not just kind of touching it up, doing some QOL. It's more of a modernizing, uh, of a classic game, but it's not a reimagining of, what that game was. So on here, I have some, uh, some examples. Um, I put the Pokemon remakes on here, uh, originally, but they, they kind of fit in both categories. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroid zero mission, which kind of brings the original Metroid out of the NES, puts it in that game boy advance Metroid style, adds some new content, um, adds a map, like a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of changes. Uh, the Yakuza Kiwami games, which are remakes of uh, PS2 games, I think. Um, and Metroid Samus Returns, which I just played recently, which takes the, the original Metroid 2, which is a five-hour game, and blows it up into a 15-hour game for some reason. But it is a modernization, new abilities, um, yeah, new new combat mechanics, a map again. The Metro. All you have to do to remake a Metroid game is add a map, apparently. Um, but <laughs> these kind of like this middle zone of remakes here, where they're they're not reimagining or remixing it. They're just kind of modernizing it for you know what they want to do at this time, in this point in time. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you can almost look at each situation, but they all kind of apply in the same way. Like with the Yaxa games. Yakuza Zero came out and was a big hit for them. Yeah. And if anyone wants to then continue that story, <laughs> you, you <Right>. just couldn't. <laughs> uh, but they they did. They made it work, especially with the addition of Yakuza Zero. Like, it made that a more cohesive story going into Kiwami and then Kiwami 2 and, and so on and so on. Uh, but stuff like that, it, it's almost like necessary for them, right? Because you have the success of Yakuza 0, and then all this in-between stuff, and then people were just going to, like, just jump into Yakuza 6 without playing that, because they wouldn't have been able to, really. Yeah, kind of along those lines, I have a uh, community write-in from Phil from Deleted Saves. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Phil says, I think if there's a game that a remake is planned for, I would like it to be an older title or franchise or series that has been dormant for some time such as the upcoming Alone in the Dark remake, for example, that could use some love. But they need to elevate it from its original or make quality of life improvements to fit modern play, which I think fits the Yakuza remakes, uh, definitely fits Metroid, Samus Returns, and Zero Mission, kind of modernizing those for (laughs) the, quote, modern player, you know? (laughs) 
Can I bring up an interesting thought? Yeah, of course. So, I think last summer, Summer Games Fest, I remember one of the things that was just out of my ass that I wanted and predicted that ended up coming true was a new Painkiller game. And games like those, because Twitch, Painkiller Hell and Damnation, an older 7th gen game, uh, was getting to the point if you wanted a physical, they were getting expensive, they were getting hard to find, and that's a fantastic game that I would love to have had remade. When you look at games that are just almost so core within like either the genre or standard what they do and this this could just be my mind going going to town but it's it almost feels like certain series doom for example it almost feels like every iteration is just a reimagining or a a remake in and of itself because you're taking the exact same thing to a point same shooting the same camera angles the same everything and just kind of like adding it and building up to it and doing it again and doing it better and maybe you're going to add this and may, like you can just say that's about sequels in general, but that I feel like something like doom so core specifically. That's an interesting point. And like, you know, that that's one way to do sequels as opposed to like the, the type of sequels that are just like, it's going to be like the last game, but it's just going to have a different story and different characters. Kind of like Yakuza. Yakuza does that. Uh, mm-hmm. They might, tweak the combat a little bit, but a Yakuza sequel is not that different from the one that came before it, mm. uh, unless we're talking about the shift into turn-based combat, uh, basically. But mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I guess uh, that's a subject that we're not going to touch on uh, any more than that, uh, apparently. Oh, but It's another um, thing that... <laughs> that's, uh, if we're talking about sequels, that's the ideal, right? Unless it's a, unless it's a series where you're, you're happy with the core of the game and you just want a new story, which I think is pretty rare, then you do want them to think every single, like between every single game, okay, how can we add to this? How can we iterate on what we did before? Shit, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is like a perfect modern example or like current example of this. It feels like they spent, they spent years like saying like, okay, this, this was like the most well-received game of all time, Breath of the Wild. How can we make it better? everything about it how can we make it better so i'm with you there that that it, it's such an insane example with zelda too because if they just basically did breath of the wild 2 everyone would still be happy yeah 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 i, I think that's what most people were expecting yeah i and know then, this game had people do like <laughs> a triple take with. they were like what 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 <laughs> yeah it's just it's a whole different beast it's nuts mm-hmm. um oh there was something else i wanted to say and it slipped my mind uh oh i feel like when it comes to some of those ideas it's almost like a line because you can take something like doom i feel like it's more based off the evolution of gameplay because when you say something like a story or narratively that is just we've been there done that it's kind of hard to find something new in that regard call of duty you're playing the same game it just is i will buy it every year and play the campaign but you are playing the exact same game and the only thing that's changing is the narrative and maybe Mm -hmm. the color of the guns (laughs) <laughs> but you take something like Doom and you're really evolving on a formula there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great kind of segue to get into like this last category of remakes. And it might be, it, it seems like it's a lot of people's ideal uh, remake. I want to see how you guys feel about this, which is that reimagining and that remixing of the spirit of the original, not necessarily what the original was. So, 
you want to preserve the spirit, the things that were important for the original, but you don't want to just make the same game with new graphics. So shining examples of this, I think, are the Resident Evil remakes, Resident Evil 4. Uh, well, from my personal experience, I only played Resident Evil 4, but that's an example. Final Fantasy VII Remake is another one of these, which is very different from the original game, but preserves the the spirit, I believe. So yeah, what do you guys feel about this kind of game? Also, I wrote down uh, AM2R, which is the fan remake of Metroid 2, which is really wow. fucking good. Um, and I think it fits more into this category than Samus Returns, because it's not exactly the same as the original game just kind of like modernized it's they had a bunch of creative ideas that they injected into it so i i think that like if we're going to go above the minimum of bringing a game to modern systems and calling it there then i i would like this because the key thing with uh, both of those examples i gave resident evil 4 and final fantasy 7 is you can buy those games anywhere you didn't need to go hunting for those games. You could buy them on literally every video game system since the original release. So if you're going to have a game like that, you got to do something different, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. As long as you have that old version or older version, that's the, even Resident Evil 4, that's gone like, hasn't that gone like two like remasters or something? Yeah, it's gotten remasters. I mean, it's almost 20 years old at this point. It's, right. I mean, it has to just for resolution purposes. So it has. Right. I mean, it's kind of funny because even port ports are like a different like conversation. But mm -hmm. specifically with Resident Evil 4, you have Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 Remake. There's also a VR version of yeah. Resident Evil 4 for the Oculus. And now we're getting specifically a VR mode for Resident Evil 4 Remake for PlayStation, <laughs> right. which is yeah. a very interesting thing. <laughs> Uh, but I think that as long as people can still, as long as people still have access to kind of that original vision of the game in an easy way, I love these because uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't look at Final, like Final Fantasy VII is a pretty drastic change. And they've they mm -hmm. made some big changes compared to the original one. Yeah. And disclaimer, I never played the original one. I just know that after playing part one of the remake and then kind of looking into the old one and the changes mm -hmm. that were made. But it doesn't take away from the original game. That original game is still there. And then there's this whole new thing. It, it's almost like having two separate canons in a way. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love that. I think that's awesome. I, I think you take Final Fantasy VII, and to me, its level of quality and just passion almost should be the standard if you're going to be doing something like that. With I've, something like Resident Evil coming up a very close second with its mix of pertaining very solely to the original while adding some new ideas. Final Fantasy VII, like, took a, took the first four to six hours of a game and turned it into a 40-hour game. Like, that is... And and it's good. It, like, it's great. Yeah. How, mm -hmm. Like, how do you... How? Because I, <laughs> I remember... It, it's, it was one of those, because it's so vivid, it was one of those games where in the middle of moving, I, like, started at one place, finished it in another, and just... I, I never played the original. I had only played Final Fantasy XV prior, and I was enthralled. I loved it. And I, I cannot wait for part two, three, seven, nine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Final Fantasy VII remake, I think, is a good example of keeping what was important about the original Final Fantasy VII and changing the things that could be changed. So I, I played the original um, 
not back in the day, but I have played the original and I played the remake. To me, the thing that people remember the most and like the most about Final Fantasy VII are the characters. And maybe if you get into some of the abilities that characters can do, all that stuff is still there. And I think that's the biggest strength of the remake is that by blowing up those five hours into 40, all the characters get so much more time to be themselves and uh, give you time with them. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was important in the original. And it was a point of emphasis in the remake too. And of course, revamping the combat because of this misguided idea that people don't want turn-based combat anymore. I couldn't disagree more with that, but that's a a different conversation uh, entirely. But I think keeping that spirit of the original in Final Fantasy VII, in Resident Evil 4, it's incredible how they they changed a lot of stuff about Resident Evil 4, key stuff about the gameplay, but still maintained the feeling that you have playing the game in a, in a pretty perfect way, I think. Yeah, I, I think the Resident Evils, and, I mean, Resident Evil 2 was I would, an even bigger change from the original, and mm-hmm. like they... Whatever they got going on with the team making these Resident Evil games, they they know <laughs> yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It all kind of, I know I keep saying it, but it really is bringing it to a modern audience, you know, quote unquote, that people that never played these games. It's it's almost like what Dave was saying earlier. It can be hard to, when you kind of miss the hype of a game, if you will, or like when it was big, it's hard to go back because you kind of always... It, I don't know if it's a FOMO thing, but you always want to be in on it when it happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's always just almost like an excuse of like, oh, Resident Evil 2 remake or Resident Evil 4 just came out. And yeah, they changed a lot, but they did a great job with it. And it now that it, it just brings more people to that discussion of the game and kind of brings it back. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Like it's one of my favorite things about that release period for Resident Evil 4 remake was um cuz I I did an episode last year about the original RE4. I played it for the first time and I loved it. And then when the then when the remake came out, I got to be a part of this conversation with all the longtime fans and the new fans, everyone who's being introduced for the first time to this game and being a part of that with like a group of people is really, really fun. It's one of the good parts about keeping up on the new game release uh, cycle is, you know, you get to be a part of the conversation. But when you're remaking and you're bringing these beloved things to new audiences and the old audience alike, that's a really great thing to be a part of. And again, like the good part about this style of remake, where it's like a reimagining of like preserving the spirit, but you know, doing something different is it's new for everybody and everybody gets to experience this new thing. And the people who were there at the beginning or there with the original, they can, you know, chime in with, with how they feel and how, um, how things have changed, but it's still this communal thing that everyone can take part in. Yeah. And it's, it's, I see very few downsides to remakes as a whole, even when you have stuff like, and we all kind of seem to be in the similar mindset with the last of us remake, that didn't that didn't necessarily need to happen, but they never even when they're done poorly, it's it's never taking away from the original product. Hmm. That's that's a a really good point. That like one of uh, one of our community members, Adam uh, B, who um, has uh, written in for this episode too. Um, Adam has been on 
two episodes of my show that were about remakes. We talked about Shadow of the Colossus and we talked about Resident Evil 4. And he is always beating the drum that just because a game is remade doesn't mean the original is is obsolete anymore. Unless, um, and this is one of the bigger problems with the Demon Souls remake is that Sony and From Software, probably mostly Sony, have just decided we don't need to do anything with the original now. It's gone forever because the remake is here. And I think that that sucks. Uh, people should be able to easily access these older games, even though there is a remake. And even if the remake's not that different, wouldn't it be cool to be able to just, you know, load up the the original PS3 Demon Souls and just go check it out, see what it's like. Maybe you liked the remake a lot and you want to see the original, but yeah, unfortunately, that's not really a priority for some of these companies, and I think that sucks. And that's where the biggest con comes in. Mm-hmm. Publishers and shareholders are not gamers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gamers may work there, but the the end goal is um is money, of course. And, yeah. and so financially, what is Sony gonna gain by you know spending money to make the PS3 Demon Souls playable uh and available? Probably not much, so they're just not going to do it. You get that side, and then you get the the groups of people who are, for lack of a better term, fucking idiots, and <laughs> see trends and are like, hey, let's hop on that, without realizing that it's got to be one of the dumbest marketing and business decisions, when I, I hope they reversed it, because when The Last of Us remake was coming out, there was a rumor that Horizon was going to get a remake, and that is one of the stupidest fucking things. <laughs> I think that was, yeah, I agree. If if it is a remake, remake, that would be a colossal waste of resources. I think that Horizon example got a little taken out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I think it's a, a PS, you know, PS5 upgrade, just like all the other PS5 upgrades for PS4 games. But if they, you know, if I'm wrong and it's like they're going to spend a billion dollars making a real remake of that game fuck off with that that is completely unnecessary <laughs> yeah that's where it comes in like why waste all these resources and and put out you you also have things like 13 that come out it gives these publishers and shareholders the idea that no matter what people are going to buy it because nostalgia is what sells and when you don't get that right, you tarnish your entire reputation. The fact that 13 came out and then 13 came out as a remake and now it's coming out again because the original <laughs> was so broken and bad. Like they they make such stupid decisions in the in the form of money without realizing that they're losing so much more in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, again, part of that is also that opportunity cost that, like I said before, if Naughty Dog had not spent all that time bringing The Last of Us to the PS5 when it was already on the PS4, what could they have done with that time and money? They could have done something else that, you know, would have, I don't want to say would have appealed to more people because I've, that PS5 version appealed to a lot of people, but um, it could they could have done something more creative. And like, if we think about the creative side behind these remakes, not all of them feel like the most creative uh, outputs, which is why I appreciate these Resident Evil remakes and the Final Fantasy VII and the fan game AM2R and uh, some others. So I want to um, get into some community submissions for this kind of section here. So uh, I'll start 
We'll go with Aaron from Super Pod Saga. What's up, Aaron? Aaron says, uh, my favorite remakes are the ones that build on the spirit of the source material and enhance it as much as possible. Metroid Zero Mission is my favorite example of a remake. Takes an old classic, makes it way more playable, more accessible for a newer audience. And Metroid Zero Mission adds new content. Um, It adds probably new abilities. I didn't make it far in the original Metroid game, but (laughs) I assume... Yeah, Dylan, you want to read uh, what Matt says uh, for the next one? Yes, Matt, again, from the Funny Games podcast and a patron, says, when playing a remake, a remake, I want it to elevate the source material while being its own thing and not being afraid to try new things. For me, that was uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. I want my remakes to be a reimagining, not just note for note, the same thing, but prettier. I I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I'm a I've already, you know, said said my whole thing about Final Fantasy VII Remake. I love the idea. I love the execution. Uh, it's it's just real good. Uh, Dave, can you can you say what Dave says? The third Dave. So many Daves. Of course, Dave. <laughs> so Dave said, um, not a massive Resident Evil fan, but Resident Evil Two Remake was the shit. Great game already, but how they towed the line between what was new and what was redone was spot on. I think all theirs, haven't played for yet, they may have set the par. And that is uh, Dave from the Remember 64 podcast. Uh, So thank you, Dave. And I I agree. Part of the reason why I wasn't super skeptical about the RE4 remake was that that team, you know, this is... This, this is their fourth remake. They had such a great track record of just nailing these remakes. I was like, yeah, they're going to they're going to nail it. And they did. Yeah, every it's I, just everything they're doing with Resident Evil is just it's all so good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not a longtime fan of the Resident Evil series, but from what I've heard, they hit a bit of uh, some doldrums in like the RE5, RE6 era. And yeah. now now they're they're back. They're on top. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which almost is like. They've done, you know, two, three, and four in pretty big ways. Do, do they keep going now? Do they do five and six? Do they six? do five? Yeah. From what I've heard about RE6, it sounds like a remake of that would be fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even RE5, it would be like, I don't know. I don't know what Punch you do with the that. boulder. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like RE5, they would have to... Um, they would have to make it more appropriate for the the day and age we live in sure. uh, yep. with what you're doing in that game, which would be a, I mean, they could do it. I'm sure they could. I don't think a lot of people would like be like, oh, they changed the setting. No, not killing <laughs> African people anymore. I'm That's mad. true. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people like that. You know, I don't um, think so. <laughs> I mean, that is a very interesting point because you could say something like Resident Evil 4. There are, there are videos coming out showing the retrospective between the original and like some of the lines Ashley says or how she'll react. I remember when, uh, this was not long ago, they decided uh, they're coming out with a lollipop chainsaw remake. Right. Yeah. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's become one of those games that like, it, it's become like a cult classic. And I think mm-hmm. that they obviously, they were like, hey, there's demand for this. Let's do it. But I think that game's, you know, I don't know how much they're planning on changing, but it's going to be received differently now than it was when it first released. Oh yeah. Cause people really <laughs> like saying their opinions nowadays. Yeah. Says the three people on a podcast, right? Yeah. That's yeah a, exactly. it's, it's our whole shtick. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of my thing. Um, 
Kind of along the lines of RE4 uh, remake, the last submission for this little sub, this little section is from Adam B. Uh, again, patron um, from the Halftone Takes podcast, and he was one of my guests on my Resident Evil 4 remake podcast. So a little thing or two about remakes. Adam says, I've already said my piece, but I'm of the firm belief that adapting the spirit of a thing is much more important than adapting the letter. This applies to all adaptations. Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is one of the all-time great adaptations because it makes tons of changes, but is lined with the heart and the spirit of the original. And I could not agree more. We just Adam, want to see Tom Bombadil. That's, that's all we want. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to say, before I forget it, one thing that I has mm-hmm. been rolling in my mind is going off of that with the heart. If you look at whatever a game or a series is their sole focus it might not be gameplay it might not be story but there's like there's one thing about it and i and i would like to bring up dead space again because Mm -hmm. the i think the biggest thing that you had to nail was the atmosphere nothing else in that game mattered but the feeling just the the eeriness just the atmosphere of walking through a hall Mm -hmm. whether or not it's spooky or not but like you just the noises this and that like it's very um uh, very immersive. You're able to understand. You're able to piece yourself together with some of those things. And if if you're not hitting that, which I consider to be the heart, then you're throwing money in the garbage. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, along those lines, Resident Evil 4, in my opinion, they had to capture the tension and the stress of the original, and they fucking nailed it. Final Fantasy 7, they had to capture the characters, I think, and they fucking mm-hmm. nailed it. It's why, like... I don't really like the the grand direction that they're taking the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I love the characters, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go on that ride with them. And that was the big win. Um, what are some other remakes that you guys think are just really great, and why do you think that they succeed for you? I, I think that, kind of going back to like the different types, I think that something like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, that mm-hmm. is like... That's I think that's all they really needed to do. I you could argue the gameplay is still not the greatest. It kind of never was, especially for the first one. <laughs> but really, most people aren't going to Mass Effect for the gameplay, right? It's it's for the story, it's for the characters, it's for your decisions, the role playing. I think that something like that is a good example of kind of what we were talking about earlier, where you just need to make it look a little prettier and just mm-hmm. bring it to a modern audience. Um I also think yeah. On the, the flip side of that, Near Replicant, after Near Automata Ooh. came out, uh, Near Replicant, like it, it, the whole Near universe is weird with it's like it just being an offshoot of a whole other. It, it's weird, but uh-huh. like I would have never touched that ever. I, I didn't even after Near Automata came out, I didn't even know that Near Replicant existed. I didn't know that was a thing. Same. Um, and I, I'm kind of with you, like the overwhelming opinion of the original near is that the story is really good but the gameplay is dog shit and you like there's so many people that are like it's so bad like i can't even play it so <laughs> i as much as i loved automata when i first played that i i wouldn't have played the original until they made that remake and i you know i did an episode about that remake i i loved it despite some of like the the tedium and frustration that i had you know playing through the same shit yeah many many times but like the fact that they updated the gameplay as much as they did, that's 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 what they needed. That was the secret sauce they needed, I think. 
I think one of the coolest things when it comes to certain remakes, is, I'd, I'd have to throw two of my favorites up there, being the Bioshock Trilogy Remastered and the Handsome Collection, specifically for Borderlands, mm-hmm. to which both of those are literally just pretty much graphical updates. I would say with yeah. Borderlands, it, it's a little more updating with the quality of life, uh, with some of the more modern things that they've done with their games. But when when some of those come out, they come out in bundles, and the value that you get for like a standard price of, of a game at the time, take something like Handsome Collection, all the content from 2012 up into... 2015 2016 to that point it was like over 100 like 100 200 worth of stuff 60 bucks like you were getting mm-hmm. so so much like to to a point it can be intimidating i'm never gonna touch warframe for that reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i get that yeah those um the the remasters are something that i think is um like kind of a different conversation mass effect goes into that too where, you know, it's, it's, they're not remaking, they're just kind of like touching up the graphics, making sure it can look decent on your new TV and stuff like that. But also part of those remasters is bringing stuff to new consoles, uh, even if they're not going to go in and toy around with game engines or combat or anything like that. And those are much appreciated too. I mean, you see how much people go crazy for uh, some of the remasters we saw in coming up on Switch. There's a bunch of people excited for uh, Etrian Odyssey to be remastered and brought, you know, you got all these fucking DS and 3DS games that are just stuck there and you can't even buy them anymore. Mm-hmm. And to remaster or remake them and bring them uh, onto modern consoles, it, it's a win. You know, as much as you might quibble about decisions they make, at least you get to play the game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting Nintendo specifically because I feel like they are very known over the past few decades of just recycling. You watch almost any direct nowadays, 80% of that is going to be, here's a game coming to the Switch, here's a remake, here's something else. But at the same time, what group calls the most for it? So it like balances out, because like we said, the entire 3DS whatever shop is just gone. Yeah. So like, as we were saying, wanting to bring that to newer audiences, you kind of like, you kind of like took down an entire generation. Like that's that's a that's a little different. And the the difference between that and older stuff like the PS2 and the PS1 is that they made the choice to delete that the the digital yeah. storefronts. Yeah, it's back then they didn't have that choice. I wanted to, uh, kind of along the lines of Nintendo, I want to get into some of these just miscellaneous entries from people in the community. And um, I think that uh, one of the patrons, community members, Moonborn, brings up a really good point about remakes I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, So Moonborn, uh, Moon has a YouTube channel called Triple S Moon. uh, You should check out for action game long plays. Moon says, my relationship with remakes has become complicated for two reasons. One... Way too often they feel like they're made for people who don't like the original game rather than people who do. 
And two, often both the company and culture surrounding the game treat the remakes as the only experiences worth preserving compared to the originals. We already touched on part two of that, but part one, uh, the example that Moon gives is the Majora's Mask 3D remake or remaster. Uh, a remaster that did absolutely everything it could to address every quote-unquote flaw loudly proclaimed by dissenters who rejected the game's terms in the first uh, place. The result is a deeply diluted experience that has none of the bite and much less of the atmosphere and vibes that made the original so special. Now, I personally disagree with Moon about the Majora's Mask 3D. I liked it quite a bit, uh, mostly for quality of life reasons. But I do want to kind of talk about this idea that sometimes remakes are made for people who didn't like the original instead of people who did like it. So it's like they're fixing it in the remake instead of celebrating it. And kind of one side of that is Samus Returns, Metroid, I think, fixing the original game, making it modern, making it bigger, giving you a map. Not all of those things are good things, in my opinion, as opposed to Resident Evil 4, which feels like a celebration of the original game and uh, remixing. And it's a really interesting point. So thank you, Moon. What do you guys think? This is this is something that I want to uh, on on our own show and whatnot get more into because this is something that's been in my head. Mm-hmm. But with with so much things going on in just the world nowadays, it feels like there's a need to, and it depends on the situation. But there's a very inclusive feel for certain. I would say merchandise and products when it comes to this sort of thing that lands on nostalgia. I feel like not everything needs to be made for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we can, I, I'll, I'll just say, for example, RTS games. Remake the shit out of RTS games for the people who love RTS games. Yep. I think it's a waste of resources because I hate RTS games. They're not for me. <laughs> but that's fine. Let Make them because there are people out there who are sitting at their computers, who are putting thousands of hours into the games that they like, and if they want what they want, they deserve to have it because that's, that's, those are, that, why else are you making it? Why, who else brought you to the point that you're at? Like, the, that, it should be a celebration. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, kind of piggybacking off that, I, I think the way that, that Moon worded is very interesting because, I like. I don't think companies are coming out intentionally like we have to change what they liked about it. <laughs> but I think it is more kind of like what you were saying, Dave, is that they want to bring it to the most mainstream audience as possible while still kind of holding that original spirit. But mm-hmm. it's like like bottom line is they want to make money. That I feel, yeah, that's a hundred percent publisher shareholder um, integration problems interfering that they movie studios have dealt with it and we know about it but it's it's not talked about enough because it's so blatant how they get in the way and just one decision destroys everything and again you lose your reputation everything goes down bioware come on come on (laughs) (laughs) uh poor bioware (laughs) yeah but but i i agree that like i i think that like the thought process if if someone's remaking a game it's okay if you're remaking something and you're like, this either was not good back then, and like we we just like we've learned a lot since then and we want to fix it. Or if it's like, again, I'm going back to RE4 remake, but it's like, can we make Ashley into a better character this time? Can we remake her? That stuff is good. You know, mm-hmm. fixing stuff that needs fixing is good. But you know, going off of Moon's example here, 
where they're just going to go through and say like, what are people mad about? We're going to change it, uh, regardless of how we feel about it. You know, maybe we still think that it's fine, but people are mad. We want to appease the people, and the people who are mad are not really the people who are going to be celebrating that game in the first place. I think. And oh, I forgot. I had another example of a game, and it just like disappeared. Oh, uh, yeah, it was um, again Tears of the Kingdom with. And it's, again, it's not a remake, but same idea. All those people who are mad about weapon durability in Breath of the Wild, did not get what they wanted in Tears of the Kingdom, uh, did not get what they thought they wanted. I would be interested to see how many people like kind of came around on weapon durability, but that was Nintendo, even in the Zelda franchise, not listening to the people who are mad. And they were like, no, we know that this is right. We're going to update it and iterate on what we did, but we're not just going to listen to you because you're mad about this. And I think that this is something that like, I hope all these companies keep in mind when remaking a game that, again, it's a celebration, it's remaking it, but you don't have to like fix everything in there, especially if you don't think it's broken. And I get what Moon's saying about Majora's Mask uh, 3D. It's, it's a little bit less scary, a little bit less uh, atmospheric than the original, I think didn't bother me as much as moon, but like, I think this was just an excellent point that I wanted to camp out on. I also think that a game like Majora's mask kind of touches on what we were talking about earlier, where, I mean, that is such a beloved game. And then especially like people that love Majora's mask almost get annoyed at how much attention Ocarina of time gets compared to it. Uh, Cause there are many, <laughs> you know, to put it up as the best Zelda game period. Mm-hmm. One of the best games ever. Uh, and that that's where it can kind of get weird with remaking a game when you have like such a beloved game mm-hmm. and they start making a little bit of those changes. That's that core audience. Yeah, they're going to they're going to get a little upset about that. That's that's another thing I was thinking about before, because you could you take Resident Evil and since what 2017, they essentially basically split their audience 70 30. You have the people who are like hardcore OG Resident Evil fans, and then you have the people like me who really hopped in and like really dug around in seven, and I fell in love with the first person perspective, and I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. I appreciate the other Resident Evils, and I want to get into them, but now I'm like, well, I really like this. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm the one you should be listening to, but yeah. for something like Resident Evil, it's it's so massive. It's like Pokemon. You have the entire mainline series. Then you have like a set of spinoffs. Then you have a set of remake spinoffs and just all this. It's 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 its own bubble. It's its own umbrella. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> would you call it an umbrella? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we, we can continue down with some of these uh, submissions. Dylan, uh, what does Ryan from Listoff say? Uh, I just want to point out, I'm, I'm so glad that they're back. That's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Me too. Uh, Ryan says... If it's an old enough game, a graphical or gameplay update could be enough to keep me happy. However, if it's a game that is already considered modern in concept and execution, I would like to see a remake alter the story a bit or take some other risks to subvert expectations for those who played the original. I feel like Last of Us is kind of a good good example of of what he's saying there. Uh, I was thinking Final Fantasy VII Remake with what they're doing with the story. They're basically saying like, hey, all of you people who are like, you know, putting your entire personality and like self-worth into what we do with this remake, 
we're changing shit. We're, <laughs> we're doing something different here. And uh, how you react to it, that's on you. But we, we're doing something different here. And I, even if I said already, I'm real nervous and don't really like what they're doing. I respect the hell out of the decision for them to be like, you know what, we have this chance to do something different, you know, tell a slightly different story or wherever the hell it's going to go. We're going to do that. We're going to take that risk um, instead of just rehashing the same beats, except, you know, five times as long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got Thrak. Um, If a game is being remade, I would like to fix issues with the original and make it a fantastic experience in modern context. See Resident Evil 2 Remake, Metroid Zero Mission. A bad remake either does too much or not enough and almost ruins the original, like Silent (laughs) Hill HD, GTA Trilogy, TMNT Turtles in Time, Reshelled, etc. Yeah, uh, can you... I was thinking about this. Can you guys think of any remakes that you think are bad? Uh, Dave, you got that. 13. Okay. Well, you, oh, that's right. You already brought up 13 because I, I was thinking like, there's a bunch of remakes that I'm thinking to myself, we didn't need the last of us part one. No. Sony did it because they, they knew they could make a shit ton of money mm-hmm. synergizing with the TV show. I get it. We didn't need it. It's probably not bad though. No, it's probably a really good game. I can't really think of a remake that sucks. Hmm. I mean, Thrak gave the silent Hill HD, G- mm. The GTA trilogy, I probably didn't think of that because I didn't play those because I yeah. saw the I saw the clips. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with a lot of those, though, the the issues really come from. You could say a mix of lack of passion, but really just technical issues, because if they were more polished, they, they mm-hmm. I feel like overall they wouldn't either be nearly as looked down upon or just better. Just just like, all right, they slipped under the radar. Like, they work. Mm-hmm. But it's it's because of just how they run, like, garbage. And maybe some of them are just like, yeah, they, they really lost the vibe. Yeah, but, uninspired or something like that. Yeah. Ooh, here's, here's an interesting one. Is Dead Rising 4. Because okay. it, it's a mix of a sequel, remake, and spiritual successor. Because it's 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 so it's batshit, and and it was made in like nine months. If anyone knew that, they made this game in like less than a, it's it's insane. What? So you have the, <laughs> you you have the original Dead Island, which its whole core was you got seventy two hours, do these things, get out. Here's here's mm-hmm. a here's a sandbox. Dead Island two. Uh, I'm one of my Dead Rising. Yeah, okay, I'm, no, I'm, I thought I'm you tired. were kind of like gonna do some sort of yeah, no, marriage between no, no, the no. two. <laughs> no, no, they're divorced. They're divorced. Uh, Dead Rising 2 pretty much just expanded on that. Dead Rising 3 kind of made it more of like playing around in the sandbox, made it more gritty and like tried to do something a little different. But specifically with Dead Rising 4, they pretty much did the first one again. You're back at the Willamette Mall. You're back as Frank West. He's older. It's like a sequel because he's just like it's, it's he's back again. He's like putting on the boots it's a spiritual successor because it's it's a mix of like the core feeling that they were trying to hope for, but the evolution of just like mission mission. There's no time limit. They got rid of that that sense of it, mm-hmm. but it, it it felt like they, they it's been so long since they either had a good Dead Rising game or just that one came out that they're really hoping that that would be the thing, and it was fucking garbage. Not only technical issues, but they killed him. 
Spoilers. Why would you bring? Who cares? Fuck this game. <laughs> who cares? Plus, has it been? It's the five year rule. Has it been five years? Probably. It's, it, 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 they brought him back. It, they, 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 it's, it's like bringing Master Chief back and then killing him. It's like bringing Kiryu back and then killing him. Like, why? They ruined it. On top of just being a bad idea, they just, they just kind of like took a shit and then threw it in the garbage and then took Ooh. a shit on the bag. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, I'm I'm glad I missed out on that one. I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that I I I only played the first one of those games, but I don't know. Is that it's, would, it's, would you consider that a remake if it's doing the same thing, but not? It's it's weird because they're trying to capture the spiritual success. They're trying to capture capture it. They're also trying to do it again because they they moved locations so many times, different characters. Now they're back as Frank West in the Willamette Mall. We're just doing it again because, <laughs> okay. yeah, it just, it feels like a hundred percent. And then they, they just, they, I don't, did someone get stabbed? And like, that was the only person working on the game and made all the decisions. Like, it feels <laughs> like everything fell apart. Ooh, yikes. Uh, next <laughs> submission is from, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just want to point out real quick to you, you guys, you, the both of you, cause you're, you're both Dave. You're like yes. two sides of the same <laughs> coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my Dave, who is who just goes off all oh, these Dylan. angry rants and tangents. And then there's like cool common collected oh. Dave. <laughs> well, you you shouldn't get me riled up. <laughs> well, I, I mean, getting riled up is fine. I you know, I invited you here for a reason, but <laughs> I, I I didn't play that game. I didn't play any of the Dead Rising games. I didn't play any Dead Island game. I have no frame of reference for anything that's happening right now. So <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, that sounds like it sucks. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. Uh yeah. Next up is uh Adam R. Uh thank you, Adam. Adam says, um, and this is a good point, I think, and this is like the point that I'm working toward myself, uh, is it it depends on how much I enjoyed the original. If I love the original, just make it prettier and more available, like Link's Awakening. Uh, and Adam says, yes, I know y'all's opinion on it. Move on. <laughs> Put a pin in that, Adam. Uh, and, but if I dislike the original because of weird decisions at the time, I like to see an update to modernize it, see Resident Evil 1 and Metroid Zero Mission. Um, I bet Resident Evil 1 on the PlayStation is hard to go back to. But yeah. And then the the one on the GameCube, I'm planning on playing that sometime. Probably easier to go back to, just a guess. Uh, I thought of a remake that I didn't like. And it's not because the game is bad. It's Link's Awakening. <laughs> it's not because I think the game is bad. It's that they didn't do enough, I think. And Is that also the all... one where they did the, the fast travel behind an amiibo? Uh, fucking Nintendo, probably. <laughs> I don't. I don't have Amiibo, so I don't pay attention to what they do. But yeah, not surprising that they would be like, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo is kind Amiibo of just always travel. a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the ultimate double edged sword in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing with Link's Awakening remake for me was uh, I, I thought the art style was fine, but I it I had this dissonance in my head where it was like. I'm playing this game that looks brand new, but it feels like a Game Boy game under the surface. They didn't change enough to make it fit this new art style for me personally. And I, I like couldn't play it. And I love the original game. It's not that I have a problem with the original. It was just like, I had this weird thought where I was like, you, you redid the art. Why does it feel like I'm playing a Game Boy game under the surface? If this is a remake, why not do a bit more? I could see that. It's like, it, so like, I never, I never played it, but. 
especially if you are having like such a big change with the art style. It's not like they were trying to evoke a Game Boy, you know? That would be no, one no. thing. If it, I, I think that if they were doing such a big change to begin with, they should have just went all in on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I'll go back to the Pokemon remakes and say that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because that, that that is true. Because when you are doing something, especially that is retro, or at least initiated, which is what is now retro, and it was based on pixelation and had that classic, because that whole two decades of games was just left and right and shoot. That's all it was. So if if you if you're growing up with that level of nostalgia, like Eastward game, like that game Sea of Stars coming out later this year, I am hyped mm-hmm. because at least the art style feels like it it, it fits. It all connects. It, it's again not everything should be made for everybody, and there are people out there who probably love Link's Awakening because of its new vision. But mm-hmm. dude, I'm glad you brought that up because that is exactly what Chris N, the next write-in, is talking about. So Dylan, can you take that one? Yes. I'm less of a fan of a remake and more interested in the love letter to see the messenger blasphemous. And from what I've heard, chained echoes and also sea of stars is, is one of those games too, from the makers of the messenger. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting thing. You know, this is all on like basically on the indie scene to do this, the messenger blasphemous chained echoes, all indie studios doing these love letters you know, obviously, the messenger can't remake Ninja Gaiden. They don't have mm-hmm. the rights to do that. They would get the pants sued off of them uh, if they tried. But a lot of those games end up being more interesting than the remake because they're taking the spirit but injecting new ideas into it. And so if we're thinking about like, okay, what could Naughty Dog do? They could take the spirit of The Last of Us and make a new game with it if they wanted to uh, instead of remaking the older one. And so it's kind of interesting to see this alternative of like, you want to make a game that feels like Ninja Gaiden or feels like Castlevania or feels like Final Fantasy VI, but you're not just going to remake those old games. You're going to bring new creative ideas to the table. And I think that this is a good point that Chris brought up here. Yeah, I didn't even, that sort of idea when thinking about remakes didn't even cross my mind, but thinking about it, I also think I, I like that more. Like, <laughs> like, like something new that is clearly, uh, yeah, like you said, a love letter to an older game, but has their own fresh ideas without trying to just do that again. I, I, yeah, I like that. I'm on board it, with that. It's all, it's all difficult because you, you can look at something. A remake has its, what's under it, remasters, spiritual successors. Like they all kind of fit together under one thing. Mm-hmm. So, so definitely with the spiritual successor aspect, I mean, some of them work, some of them fail mighty number nine, some of right, them yeah. just <laughs> don't work, but bringing that fit, it, it's, 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 it's an interesting cycle because they'll burn themselves out. You have the game that comes out and it's like, oh, wow. And then like, it kind of picks up and then you have like the souls like genre because that really blew up. And then, like, it comes around to, you know, like, it's it's starting to die. Like, uh, nothing's really coming out. And then, the, you know, we, we like the originals again. Let's try something new, add to it. And then, you know, let's start a new genre and fucking cycle. Mm-hmm. I actually think an interesting example of what you were saying of, like, sometimes it doesn't work is you could look at uh, the Callisto Protocol as kind of a love letter to Dead Space. And then there's just a yep. strip Dead Space remake. And that's an interesting mm-hmm. example of, kind of the opposite of 
that remake really works. The Callisto Protocol, maybe not so much. No, that's mm-hmm. that's something I wanted to talk about very much so because both those impact each other very heavily. And I'm very curious if if something like Pro Skater 3 and 4 Remake were to come out around the time this new skate is supposedly going to come out, mm-hmm. how would that balance? Because the original studio that made Dead Space, that everyone loved, came out with Dead Space again, but Melee, and everyone hated it. <laughs> And at the same time, the Star Wars studio that made the flying game that was pretty good came out with a balls-to-the-wall amazing remake that blew that so-called spiritual successor they tried their best to out of the water. And 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 because of its timing, it's it's just it from the second it got that bad review, Dead Space was like up. Like they yeah. just seesawed. Didn't Callisto uh come out? Like a month before yep. Dead Space, also. Callisto was, was a, yep. I think, December. December 3rd. Yeah, and then Dead it Space worked out January. perfectly for Dead Space, didn't it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> January 27th, just like a month later, boom. Yeah, uh, it's a it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's it's a separate topic. I mean, it could turn into its own episode here on the show. But I've on Tales from the Backlog, I've covered the Messenger, covered Blasphemous. Chris was on the episode of about Blasphemous with me. Uh, I covered Chained Echoes. I love these love letters too they often are more satisfying to me than the remake because it's it's like i said it's still capturing that spirit that thing i want from a remake but also bringing in something new you know a lot of creativity and only the best remakes i think can stand up with the best of that category you know we have one more write-in uh, from Chris C., patron from the Retro Hangover podcast, and I'll take this one because Chris has a lot to say. Uh, Chris says, remakes should take uh, what made the original good, but make it better. Better graphics, updated gameplay that doesn't feel too foreign to the original. Maybe Chris is not a fan of FF7 then, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or better explain plot details that were underdeveloped or left to the side. That's another thing we didn't really talk about. Some... Um, you know, older games, you may have cut content, you may have bad localization, uh, any reasons why the story might not get across the way they wanted. A remake is a perfect chance to uh, to fix that. Anyway, back to Chris. Chris says, good examples are Dragon Quest Three for the Super Famicom and Resident Evil for the GameCube. Very on brand for the Retro Hangover podcast. Um, Chris says a bad example would be The Last of Us. If you're going to remake something, remake it. Don't just make it the exact same game with new models. Conversely, Lufia for the DS does the exact opposite, where it deviates from the original in such a way that it feels off, or Crystallis for the Game Boy Color, where they change the story and destroy the music. Woof. So there's some bad remakes where they they tried to make changes and it just it didn't hit for Chris. Um, I haven't played any of those. So thank you, Chris, for that uh, submission and for more ideas of bad remakes. It's kind of really, it's a little different, but just with uh, Dave and I talk about it a lot with the Yakuza game specifically, Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a little different because we're, we're talking about Yakuza 0, which is not a remake, but a prequel. But just Yakuza 0 happening and then Yakuza Kiwami without the details that Yakuza 0 added to a Yakuza Kiwami remake of kind of like the backstory of Kiryu's relationship with Nishiki. Mm-hmm. It makes it work so much better, it, which I, I know is kind of not necessarily due to the remake, kind of due to a prequel. But I don't know. Maybe maybe timing plays 
a big role in that. What what I want to yeah. say, kind of going what off you're saying there, is I'm going to bring up Dead Space again. And one of the cool things that was a major focus for them is the addition of certain narratives or certain voice lines to really add to what was already there. And mm-hmm. they kind of base that off already having the sequels to the original. So you have mm-hmm. not only just the original to go off of, but whatever lore information, or maybe uh, something was retconned, or maybe they want to bring something back. They, they have three whole games of content that they could play with just for that one game. And again, Final Fantasy VII is a good one where they just kind of did whatever the fuck they want with it. <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's so much that could be added to it that you that even just the littlest thing can make such a difference. Yeah, they had... um. I guess they had those sequels to like learn and develop what they wanted the series to be. Uh, this is something I've heard about the Resident Evil remakes too, where they kind of spent this time just perfecting what they want from these remakes and then, you know, just absolutely nailed it with Resident Evil 4. And I mean, from what I've heard, they nailed it with the first and the second one as well. And people are more mixed on the third, but they're always, you know, the good companies, they're learning as they're going through these, um, you know, their series or like a, a series of remakes in some cases, they're learning. And I got to think that, you know, the Yakuza developers learned from remaking uh, Kiwami 1 and 2 and kind of putting those alongside con- like modern releases like 0 and 6 and then going into Like a Dragon. Or Judgment, com- just like or judgment, spinning yeah, off. Exactly, like yeah. The good companies are learning while they're doing this and they're they're iterating in the right ways uh, is a good um, good thing. I think that um, one of my big takeaways from this discussion is that I, I set out, like when I wrote down this outline, I was going to be like, all right, pick which one you like the most. And it's just it's just not that simple. It, it depends on the game. Uh, it, it really mm-hmm. depends on the game. If the game was fine the way it was, then you know it's fine to just bring it to the modern console and just make it available like Demon's Souls. I've since gone back and played some of the original Demon's Souls. It's fine. It's just as good. Uh, same with Shadow of the Colossus if you can get used to the controls. Uh, so bring it up. That's fine. It, you know, if you don't have to reinvent the wheel, don't reinvent the wheel. But all the times that these companies take risks and remix or reinvent um, the games like the ones we've talked about, we've said Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil a ton, and I think there's good reason for that. That's good too. Uh, just... You know, do right by the spirit of your game, I think. Yeah, I, it's they all kind of have their place, but I definitely think those are the, the most exciting ones. Yeah, yeah. So can you guys think of any games out there that you hope gets a remake in the future? I mean, I, I have a couple that it's not surprising from not surprising is from the N64 era because mm-hmm. it, it, a lot of us growing up with that era then going back and playing those, they were still figuring 3D out. <laughs> like they, uh-huh. it, they don't all hold up the best. So it's it's stuff like I look at like Super Mario 64, and I know that there was the DS game, which that's but it it a whole interesting thing that it, it even happened the mm. way it did. That's how I play. <laughs> Whoa! And, okay. and I hundred percent. I got all stars for On it. the DS. Holy On, shit! I loved it. Nice. Um, but I look at a game like that, or even Ocarina of Time, and I just think about like Mario 64 specifically. If you just, if they took that game, because it still is a great game, like the levels are awesome, the design is awesome. 
it just made it look and play like Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That's it's insane right there. That's I would be such a happy person if that happened. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so it, it's kind of games like that, that just that era when they were still figuring it out. Yes, those games are great and classics for a reason, but they don't hold up the best today. Anything for me is just straight nostalgia based. Like mm-hmm. it, whatever brings me back to that feeling as a kid, like we're all reminiscing about the good old days back when things used to be easier, things used to be better. And there's just some games that are just so core. I, I think I, I it baffles the shit out of me that Assassin's Creed one has never gotten a remake or anything. Yeah. I'm wait like Ezio Collection, all these other ones, blah blah blah. We're getting Mirage, which is basically the first game again, but not like mm-hmm. does, what what huh? <laughs> um, one that I would f- fall to pieces is a the most faithful adaptation to Call of Duty World at War because that campaign is an atmosphere and it it just oh my the those lines hit my head like they 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 they've stuck with me for all these years like that campaign made an impact it was mm-hmm. amazing but for for a fun little one it, that that I've always loved and I put a ridiculous amount of time into as a kid is Diddy Kong Racing DS okay <laughs> Is that one where you want them to just remake it so that it's available and looks pretty and plays like a modern game? Uh, or are there big changes you think need to be made? Nope. Nice. I okay. mean, <laughs> it's just it's 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 basically it's basically like a a back in the day version, the crew too. You have the ability to go around um, in a small open world hub where you can fly an airplane or a boat and or just a car and like do a little collecting you collect balloons and like the whole aspect is just opening collecting enough balloons to unlock the next door to do that race and then go fight a boss and then just that gate i just it just felt so nice i want it mm-hmm. oh yeah kind of building off that nostalgia i also i don't know how you do this today but the sonic adventure games <laughs> growing up with those as a kid like i when you know mm. I didn't know any better. I was just a kid playing games, so I thought everything was cool. <laughs> of course, looking back, I, it's jarring how <laughs> those games look <laughs> and feel. And the kind of just the attitude of them was very much so that time. So like, I, I don't uh-huh. know how you would do that, but part of me just wants to see a modern take on that just, just to see it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So like kind of in the, um, if you played Sonic Frontiers kind of like that but kind of remaking those older games in that way yeah because those, those had a feel to it and again you know <laughs> i'm not gonna prop them up as good games <laughs> since like going back <laughs> and playing them as an adult but uh-huh i, I just want to see a modern take on that yeah I, I think that the the one example i thought of of a game that i would like to see remade and like i'm in a i'm in a good spot as far as like Hey, if there's a game that's stuck on the PlayStation 1, I can emulate that. I don't like, I'm fine. I can do that. It's available to me in that way. Uh, you know, some people it's not available in that way or they don't want to do it. That's that's cool. I get it. But the game that kind of like fits lots of different sections of like why remakes are good would be Xenogears for me, which is a game that is not available on modern systems at all. It was not finished when it was originally released, it was like the back. I didn't make it to the last disc of that game, um, 
but the last disc is basically a visual novel because they just couldn't, they didn't have time to finish it. And they were like, you got to put this game out. And they're like, all right, fine. We got the dialogue. <laughs> it's going out. Huh. So giving them a chance to finish that game. And then that game has like JRPG combat. It's got mechs. It's got, uh, you know, a bunch of like religious iconography and imagery. And uh, the story is fucking wild. Even as far as I played, which is not super far into the game, I would like them to get another chance at that to use modern technology to bring that to life uh, in the way that like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 seems like it gave that creator a chance to like finally do the thing he wanted to do. But it would be cool if he got a chance to remake Xenogears, finish the game, bring it to modern consoles, make those visuals pop. I mean, I, I think the original Xenogears looks fine. It doesn't need that. But all, it's kind of like a happy medium between making it accessible, letting them finish the game, update some stuff, finish your vision, basically. And it's a game that I think like a, a lot of people hold it in really high regard. And a lot of people like myself want to hold it in really high regard. There's just a lot holding that original release back, you know? That that's I like that take on it. I, I didn't really think of that idea of for whatever reason games coming out and maybe they had like these great ideas or a, a good vision but couldn't execute it the way they would have wanted to. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. getting a second crack at that. Also just being more experienced in the industry and everything. Like mm-hmm. another go at that. That's I like that idea. That makes me want to go down a whole other conversation, just starting with Bioshock Infinite <laughs> and what we thought it was gonna be and what we got. Ah, uh, Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that hasn't aged too well in my mind. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if it didn't get a remake. I just want to like memory hold that. And uh, mm-hmm. just I felt good playing it at the time. I don't really want to revisit and like reexamine how I feel about that game. So I, I find that to be an interesting topic because there's there's a, a game that will be coming out that uh, is going to be hard for me to play because they made a change to uh, to it. And uh, it's it's broken, and it needs to be fixed. What what game is that? Uh, so it came out a while ago. Um, it's called Spider Man PS4. <laughs> and for some reason, when they came out with the remaster, they 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 have this placeholder texture on the face, and it's just it's oh just, yeah 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 yeah. God, fucking! I, there's no camera on this fucking. <laughs> I fucking whoever made that decision. It's fuck you. You piece of shit. No one, no one likes it. Yeah, I, I saw the side by side, and I was like, "That has to be some corporate bullshit making them do that." I have no idea why you would do that. Um, obviously because this model's face fits our actor's face better, and we can get highly uh, emotive uh, reflections. Duh. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I love. I, I need more. I need more face reflections in my video games. That's what I need. Yeah, we definitely need another Tom Holland. <laughs> Fucking goddamn it, uh, guys! This has been a uh, this has been a great conversation. I've had a great time talking about these with you. Um, I want to give you a chance at the end of the show here to shill Offshore Gamescast. Tell everybody what you're doing, where they can find you. So, OffshoreGamescast.com is the best place because everything is 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 linked out of there. But uh, something fairly newer we've been doing is if you go to our YouTube, you just Go to YouTube, look up Offshore Gamescast. All of our podcast episodes have video of us and some gameplay in the background for those that prefer visual instead of just audio. But Offshore Games at OffshoreGamescast.com is where you can get everything and kind of similar to what you do here, but more modern games. It's, it's, but same idea. 
And like we were talking about, it's if great place if you want to meet anyone new. We have a whole bunch of people who have posted in the past. Still great stuff to catch up on now. Always good to see their opinions and what they think of stuff. It's it's an awesome haven. Yeah, check out Dave's actually. He has a post there for his favorite games of last year yeah. or games that he played last year. So check that out. I did, yeah. And um, hopefully you guys will do that again. Look at me like wishing lots of work on you, but I hope <laughs> that you do that again uh, at the end of 2023 because uh, it's a really cool thing to collect all of these lists from all these cool people that do really awesome stuff around, you know, games content land. So um, I appreciate that. I appreciate your show. I appreciate the website and I appreciate both of you taking the time here today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. This was was a great time. It's been awesome. And for anyone uh, who hasn't listened to the show as much, like we said, Lyle, unfortunately couldn't make it at the time. Uh, Fantastic new addition to the show. Mm-hmm. That has been great having her. And check out Lyle's Indie Corner for all of her separate little videos and stuff. Yeah. And we'll be back soon. But all I want is more collabs because this stuff is too much fun. Yeah. I don't even care if anyone listens to this. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's always a great time having new people on the show, having people back on the show. And I'm sure I'll have you all back at some point. Uh, this has been a good time. So um, a little plugging for Tales from the Backlog at the end. Uh, again, Just like I say at the end of every episode, there's a Discord server for the show. Uh, If you want to come in and talk about your favorite remakes, that is the best place to do that. We have a uh, a really fun and supportive community in the Discord server. We would love to have you. Um, If you would like to support the show, the best thing to do is to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. Every, Dave is nodding right now. You know what's up. Um, <laughs> if you want to support monetarily, there's a Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson. You will get uh, some cool treats like being able to vote on games coming up on the show, uh, being able to uh, get a shout out if you like that. And I usually release the episodes a few days early for patrons uh, just for fun. It's an unofficial perk. Uh, so yeah, there's a... Um, Another bonus show I just recently started to for patrons called Tales from the Way Backlog, where I'm covering retro games, 30 years and older. And if you know about me, you know that that's going to be a rocky road, but I'm excited to go on it. We actually have this uh, this requirement for anyone from our audience that came to listen to this episode. They're required to, to sign up for your Patreon. It's just <laughs> it's a requirement. They have to do it. So get on. They that. don't. They can do. They can do whatever they want to do. We're not forcing anyone to do anything. I, <laughs> I like the duality between us because I'm the one that goes crazy, but Dylan's the one that forces people into content, forces it on them. And I'm just like, guys, enjoy. Keep it unpredictable. You never know who's the good cop, who's the bad cop. <laughs> exactly. I'm. The, I'm just the fun uncle cop. Yeah, that's right. Fun uncle cop is a new archetype. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's coming in the new Disco Elysium DLC. Fun uncle cop. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you guys for uh, for joining. Thank you everybody for listening. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. 